ever wonder what life is going to be like post gap year? Wonder what it's like to have a job and have a life as a grown up? Well, in this week's episode, we talked to Jenny from Kintiki and she talks about what how her gap year has impacted her life in the longer run and how it defined her career path and so many other great tidbits about what it's like to look backwards on your gap year and what it might feel like out the other end and many, not too many though, years after your gap year. So take a listen. sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Gap Year Podcast. My name is Michelle Dittmer, and I am your host and Gap Year expert. Today with me, I have Jenny Berg, and Jenny has an incredible story that she wants to share about how her lived experience and her ability to travel halfway around the world has really shaped who she is, from career to skills that she she now has and can uh, can use to get jobs, and um, just some of the life skills that that came from that amazing trip. And not only that, Jenny actually uh, has shaped her career. She actually works in business development for an organization called Kentucky and um, an incredible organization that you should totally check out. And we'll we'll give you more details on that at the end of the podcast. Uh, But before I get ahead of myself, Jenny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so can you give us a little bit more details? I kind of went really, really high level there. So help us get to know Jenny a little bit better. Sure. So I actually grew up in a very small town in Northern Ontario. Um, so you could say I had a somewhat sheltered life. I had a small community. Everyone knew everybody. Um, I worked in the local grocery store. So I literally knew every person in town. Um, and what they like to cook. Yeah, I knew I knew all of the, all of their food habits, and when my cat went missing, I was able to, you know, ask everyone in the town if they'd seen him. Um, but I knew from a fairly early age that travel was going to be a passion of mine. We had always done a lot of, you know, the typical Canadian family vacations, drive down to Florida, that kind of thing. Um, but I really wanted to see more of the world. So I eventually, um, after you know, doing some schooling and travel and tourism and knowing that that was the direction I wanted to go. I kind of unwittingly started my career right away, which I wasn't necessarily prepared for. Um, So I moved to Toronto when I was like 20, 21 and started in an entry level position in travel reservations. So that was kind of when I, I thought I was just accepting a job and then it led to being promoted pretty quickly And I kind of came to the realization that like, oh my goodness, like, am I going to be working for the rest of my life now? And I'm never going to be able to take a time, take time to maybe see a bit of the world and, you know, do the things that you can really only do when you're single at that time of your life. 
Yeah. I, and I, I talked to so many students who, who realize this too, um, because as you get older, you get more responsibilities and you get more things that are like, quote unquote, like tying you down. Um, when you get a mortgage or you get a partner or you have children or um, even for some students, the, the weight of student debt um, are all things that, that make that time of exploration a, a lot more difficult. Um, and so to do it when you are a little bit younger, you're, you have a little bit more freedom, there isn't as much um, risk involved in those experiences. I think it's a really wise thing. And I, I, I go to a lot of fairs when we can do things in person and there's always people that are like three years into their career and they're like, wait a minute, can you help me? Um, either I'm not in the right career or I'm tired of this career or I, I feel like I missed out on an opportunity. Like I'm staring down the barrel of like 40 more years of work, 50 more years of work. And that's just really overwhelming. So you're not alone on that journey. Um, but thank you for, for articulating um, that, that that was something that was going to be really, really important to you. Um, exactly. Well, I think that also because the company I was working for at the time, um, which was called the Travel Corporation, one, two of the employees that I worked alongside with were on their own kind of year abroad journey from Australia. And I got to be very close to them. And when they left, they had plugged that idea into my head that, you know, that's a really cool thing. They got to live a really neat life downtown Toronto for the year. Um, they got to travel around Canada a little bit. And I think that they just really introduced me to the Australian culture. So I remember the day very clearly. I was walking downtown with a good friend of mine. It was a beautiful, sunny summer day in Toronto. Um, I think we were actually walking to Sneaky D's to get nachos. The best <laughs> nachos in the city. So good. Um, so it just kind of dawned on me, like her and I were talking and I was telling her how, you know, the girls had left and they went back to Australia and they had said, you know, I should come and visit them. And I just looked up into the sun and I just realized and I said to her and I was like, oh my goodness, like I'm single. I'm, my rent is coming up. Like I don't need to renew my lease. Um, at the time I didn't even have a roommate cause she had just moved out. So I was kind of looking for a new roommate and uh, I just realized, like I looked at her and I said, I'm going to move to Australia for a year. Like I might never be able to do this again in my life. So it was a really kind of quick decision. Some might say it was rash, but I think it was a great decision. And then it was just kind of figuring out how to do that, like how the visas worked. Um, I actually talked to my work at the time and they were nice enough to literally give me a year of leave because they thought it would be a great experience as well. Um, and then just kind of figuring out some of the, the moving pieces of how I was going to get there. I honestly didn't even know where I was going to live when I arrived into Sydney, Australia. Um, so I was really fortunate to have had a friend that I could stay with for the first week. Um, but I mean, if I had have known about organizations like, you know, what CanGap does and a lot of the partners you work with, they probably would have been very useful at that time in my life. Yeah, I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is how much support there is out there. Because we think that 
um, we think that we're unique. We think that we're on our own journey and that nobody understands where we're at and nobody would create anything to support someone like me on this weird journey because I'm doing this weird thing. Um, and there's so much support out there and you just need to do a little bit of digging to find it and find out what is the right fit to, yeah. to help you on the way because there are lots of decisions to be made when it comes to, to moving halfway around the world. And there are lots of different opportunities that you don't want to see pass by or things that might seem scary that someone can break down and then they become less scary um, mm -hmm. and, and, and puts you on the right path. And I want to go back to something that you said about your employer where you you asked them if you could take some time off and and they they saw the value in it and they were prepared to give you a year leave and i think people are really intimidated by this because they think that uh, by doing something different they've got to say no to everything else and they've got to cut everything off and they've got to do one thing because they're going to be doing something different and nobody's going to support them in this but people understand a lot more than we give them credit for. So whether this is a university that you're asking for a deferral or for pausing your studies for a year or an employer or even a conversation with your parents around your need to explore for a little bit, I think that we need to give people more credit that they will be supportive of ideas like that and ask for the things that we want. Because if you had just left and quit um, and hadn't told your employer, it would have been a completely different situation. So thanks for sharing that that was something that you were able to do and that they were really receptive to. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned about parents because I was more scared to tell my parents about my decision than my employer, because I just assumed that my mom would be freaking out, you know, like she was already freaking out that I was living on my own in Toronto or near Toronto. And when I called her and let her know, we were, I was on speakerphone, I remember, and I was just waiting for like the, no, like you can't do that. And it was totally opposite. They were completely for it. And my mom actually said like, I'm actually jealous. I wish I had have done something like that because she, you know, got married very young and started having kids very young. Um, you know, they've had different careers along the way, but they've never really done that. Taking a year just for yourself, figure out yourself, you know, explore a new area, jump out of your comfort zone and come back a more rounded person. Yeah. I, parents are, are surprisingly okay with this. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so many parents or so many young people have come to me. Um, they, they reach out to me through the web or through um, an event that I'm at and, and they're like, Oh, my parents would never, ever let me do this. And I always question that. I said, are you sure? Or, or is that what you're assuming they're going to say? Um, and, and they're like, well, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. And I said, well, it's worth asking. It's worth having that yeah. conversation, but it requires a certain level of confidence to have that conversation um, instead of just living out your what you assume their dream is of you um, mm -hmm. uh, and to have that conversation and actually to say, no, I want to do something different. Um, so much so I've had this conversation so many times that I've created a free resource um, for people who want to approach their parents on having this conversation. And it's a, it's a guideline, it's a worksheet, it's a framework 
for how do you prepare for that conversation? How do you start that conversation? And then how do you follow up from that conversation? Because it is intimidating. So uh, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes so that you have that resource because it's, it's a good one. And um, I'm sure, Jenny, that would have given you a little more, more peace of mind in having that conversation. For sure. <laughs> so you talked about becoming, coming back and becoming a more well-rounded person. Um, so I'm curious about that because we, we hear that all the time and, and people very high level will say, um, travel made me well-rounded or travel is the best way to get life experience or to learn about yourself. So I'm wondering if you could actually kind of narrow it down to what were some of the things, what were some of the gifts that travel gave you, um, or what were some of the things that you learned about yourself or skills that you developed, um, while, while on that journey? Sure. So as I said, I grew up in a small town in Northern Ontario. So I had, until I, you know, got into my job in Toronto, I really hadn't been exposed to a lot of other cultures. Um, you know, I, I loved the way I grew up. I would never change it. It was so great growing up in the country, but you really don't have that exposure that you do in a, even a city as amazing as Toronto, like you can literally go around the corner and taste food from around the world. Um, but by immersing myself in the experience, like going to Australia solo, um, you know, entering into a new job. And I should mention that that was one reason my employer really was behind it because for the first few months I worked at our um, office in Sydney. So that was a great thing that I did have that I was fortunate that I had employment right away, but that was only for, for the first part of the year. So I still had a lot of space to fill. Um, but I didn't know where I was going to live. So in the first week I was just out there literally walking around Sydney, um, you know, applying to different, uh, share apartments, things like that. And I landed in this place called Graceland, which was amazing. It was in this place called Surrey Hills, which is, um, a beautiful part of Sydney. It's right across from a big park. It's a 30 minute walk from Bondi beach. And it was a share house for other people basically taking a gap year themselves. But I was the only Canadian. There were people from Ireland. There were people from France. A couple of girls from Germany. Um, I think Swedes. There was a few Swedes in there. And we all just got along so well. But everyone did their own thing. You had your own space. But we had shared kitchen, um, shared living area, like living room. So everyone would do their own thing during the day and you'd come home and, you know, we'd all be making our dinner and you get to chat and really learn about what their life is like, you know, from wherever they were coming from. Actually, there was a guy from Brazil as well, which is really cool. And we all just became like a bit of a family and we were each other's support system. Like if we, you know, needed help with something then there was always someone there. Um, I think that was a really neat experience to really get to know people um, when you are traveling. But also, again, just to have that exposure and learning about, you know, people. We have a really great life in Canada, of course, and it's, it's nice to be able to know how other people live. And then when you come back to Canada, maybe you appreciate certain things a little bit more, or maybe you think, you know what, I think they have it figured out. Maybe I should take some pointers from them. Um, so, yeah, that, I think that was huge for me. And then when you said, uh, what did I learn about myself? Um, I think when you, you mentioned confidence, <clears throat> I think I learned that, you know, confidence has so much to do with every part of your life. And especially when you are getting into your career, if you don't have confidence to 
approach people uh, maybe that you don't know if you're at a networking event or something like that. When I was over there in my year, I mean, I didn't know anyone really. And especially when I started moving around Australia, I literally knew no, no, sorry, knew no one. Um, and I think just being able to be, have that ability to approach people that I have never met before and say like, Hey, this is who I am. Like, what's your story? And that started being my kind of go-to because everyone wants to tell their story, especially when they're traveling. Like everyone wants to talk about where they've been, where they're going. And to this day, that's my, that's my go-to when I'm at a networking event or something like that. I ask someone, you know, what's your story? And usually people want to tell it. And it's a great way to get to know people. Yeah, I think it's so important. And I like the way that you link confidence to like your interviews and, and having conversations and networking. Um, because a lot of people will say like, fake it till you make it. Um, and it's not about faking it. It's about having the confidence to, to, to instigate conversations or to know enough about yourself that, that you are, are confident in your own shoes and that you're confident in your own story. Um, and a lot of that comes when we remove all of those other pressures that are around us. When we're at home and we're with when we're with our friends and we have that comfortable job or that schooling, all of those things become part of our identity. And when you choose to do something on your own, something like travel or getting out of your comfort zone, all of a sudden you have to learn who you are because you are no longer part of that friend circle all the time, or you're no longer defined by your career title, or you're no longer defined by your hometown. They're all part of who you are, but who are you in that moment becomes a different story. And that's where confidence can really grow because you have to have an answer to that question. And you have to answer that question for yourself and you have to answer that question for other people around you. Um, so I, I think confidence is just such a huge piece that comes from it. Um, and also the confidence that you can overcome challenging things. Um, so I'm wondering if you had any experiences that were, that were challenging that helped you to grow. So you mentioned like you didn't have a place to live. Like that's terrifying. Um, <laughs> you didn't know anybody. That's scary. Uh, you yeah. pushed yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, so do you have another example sure. of something that was, that was a big challenge that you were able to overcome? So actually you reminded me of it when you said the fake it till you make it. So, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll go back, I'll backtrack a bit. So after my months in Sydney, I actually decided to book onto a Kentucky trip that was 24 days. Um, so it was a bunch of young people all traveling together on a guided tour, literally going all over Australia. So that's how I got to see the complete country, um, which also kind of connected me to where I am in my career now um, down the road. But it, the tour ended in Darwin, which is a place that a lot of people, especially, you know, backpackers and gap year, uh, gappers don't end up because it's, it's a small country town. It's the most northern tip of Australia. So it's very hot, especially in the, in the hot season. Um, and in the wet season, it's just like rain, 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 rain. So luckily I was there in the dry season. Um, but I wasn't expecting to stay in Darwin. I knew that the tour was ending there, but I had planned to find my way back to Cairns where I thought I would spend my last, it was about three or four months. 
Um, but when I got to Darwin and the tour was over, everyone was saying their goodbyes. It was all sad, sad times. And again, I was alone. Um, I was like, I really like the vibe of this town. Like maybe it, it reminded me a bit of where I grew up, but it had the Australian spin and it was just seemed like a lot of fun. There was this one main street that was just full of really cool um, cafes, bars, shopping, restaurants. And I just got the, the vibe immediately that everyone kind of knew everyone. Um, and I think going from living in this city like Sydney for almost seven months and then being on this tour with, uh, you know, this group of people for almost a month, I think I really liked that. So I decided to set up shop in a hostel for, uh, I just booked a couple of days. I'm like, I'll give it a few days. I'll see if I can find work here. And I had never waitressed before. I never realized how hard it was. I have a whole new respect. Um, so I went to the top, is it like the top steakhouse in the Northern Territories in Australia? It was called Char. And I walked in with my resume and there was the, the manager was there and he was just kind of cleaning up the bar and he's like, oh, um, okay, great. Actually, we, we are looking for some new wait staff. He looked at my resume. He didn't ask at all if I had wait, like wait or waitress experience. He has looked at my resume, saw that I had supervisor experience back in Toronto. And he said, do you want to start tonight? We'll give you a trial night. If you pull it off, then you're hired. So I was like freaking out. So I got the outfit. He gave me an outfit to you know, come back at four, whatever it was. And I was just thrown into this job that I had no experience at all doing. And I remember being in it. This is like a hectic environment too. Like it's a steakhouse, right? And it's high end. So I'm in this little outfit and all of a sudden I'm in the back um, on the, the cook line and the, the cook line manager is like, okay, you know, he didn't even know my name. He's like, Hey honey, like grab the plates. And I had to put these huge steak plates, you know, two on my arm and then one on the other. And he, as soon as I started doing it, he's just like, Oh my goodness. Like he looked at me, he's like, honey, you don't even know what you're doing. Do you? And I'm like, I've never done this before. <laughs> so he took me aside and he quickly showed me like how to carry the plates and the other stuff he kind of trained along the way. And I ended up loving that job and having so much fun and worked there for the whole month that I was in Darwin. Yeah. What a great story. I, I think like we got to leave ourselves open to opportunities like that. And yeah. I think that getting out of your comfort zone and trying something new, which I think is such a pillar to a really successful gap year is not just doing the same old, same old, like mm -hmm. even if you are staying home, even if travel isn't part of your gap year, what can you, what can you do? that is going to be different, that is going to be something completely out of left field, um, something you have no, no business doing, like waitressing or, or <laughs> without any experience in a, in a high-end restaurant. Um, what are those things that you can do so that you can challenge yourself, so that you can learn something new, so you can gain another perspective? Like I'm sure the way that you tip wait staff is drastically different now <laughs> than when it was before. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that that's such a pillar of a gap year is, is that piece. 
Um, but I do want to circle back to the, the, the tour that you went on um, because a lot of people taking a gap year, if they're dreaming of travel, maybe they haven't been well-traveled thus far um, and they are um, a little bit nervous about what's, what it's all about or their parents are apprehensive of what that looks like and feels like. This is their baby going out into the world and it's a big scary place out there. And when I talk to families, I always recommend that they, for the, especially for their first travel experience, that they book with some sort of provider um, that can help guide them along the way to, um, to help them along the way. So I'm, I'm curious um, in what ways that Kentucky tour provided support for you um, on, on your journey. So I, I remember specifically the first day I left my share house. I had my whole life in a suitcase, <clears throat> which I had for the whole year anyway. Um, and I was literally in tears because I was leaving all my friends from Sydney. I was joining this Kentucky trip that was meeting at a hotel in Sydney, which I could walk to. It was that close. And I was just so anxious and, you know, scared about joining this group completely solo. Um, and, you know, just wondering, am I going to get along with all these people? I'm with them for the next 24 days. And as soon as I got to the, the pre-departure meeting, there was another girl standing beside me. And she looked just as, like, scared as I did. And I just went up and started talking to her. And she was from Scotland. She was also there alone. And we ended up being roomed together for the entire trip. So right away, like, I made my travel buddy. And then, you know, together we were able to meet the rest of the group who – of course, we all got along. We, like Kentucky is only for travelers that are 18 to 35 years old. So everyone's around the same age. A lot of people, you know, had come just for the trip. Some were doing a full year like we were. Um, but I think the nice thing was that, you know, because I was had been living with so many backpackers who were trying to piece together how they were going to see all of Australia. And I know a lot of them didn't end up seeing much of it at all. Because once you get there, you run out of money sometimes or things are more expensive than you think. So because I had pre-purchased that tour, which was purchasing Canadian dollars, all of the accommodations were included. A lot of the meals, a lot of the experiences and activities were included. So I literally just got to, you know, get on the coach bus, meet this group of people, meet my tour guide and the rest was taken care of. And we were just driven through Australia. We went all the way up the East coast from Sydney up to Cairns. And we had an included flight down to Alice Springs. We went all the way up the center. So we got to see like Uluru, um, the whole red center of Australia, um, going up and then ending in Darwin. So I literally felt like, you know, a lot of people will go say I'm doing a year in Australia and they won't leave the city that they're, they're gapping in. Um, but I was able to have that city experience. I was able to explore the whole country having it organized, you know, by professionals that know what they're doing, not, you know, trying to piece together a month long journey and then still getting that other experience at the end in Darwin where I was on my own again and trying a totally different line of work and meeting a whole nother group of people that were totally different than the ones in Sydney, because these were like the true Aussies, like country outback Australians. So it was just such a great year. And even through the people that I had met in the in the restaurant that I worked at, the other staff, um, one of the girls had really wanted to go to Thailand. And I had, you know, now that I had been talking to so many people that had been to Thailand, I was like already thinking maybe I could do Thailand on my way home because my flight was taking that journey. 
And her and I decided, you know, let, let's just do three weeks in Thailand. So on my way home, instead of just flying right back to, to Canada, we added on three weeks and did our own backpacking trip all over Thailand. Um, so again, it was it was a lot harder to do that than what I did with the Kentucky. But I've been back to Thailand with Kentucky, and it was a lot more organized, and I saw a lot more. But it was still a great journey, and I, everything that I did, like I literally say to anyone that wants to do a year like that, it's there are going to be challenges. Not everything was flawless, but every challenge I learned from. Um, and looking back, it's just a year that I sometimes I can't even believe it happened. Like it, I had so much fun, met so many amazing people. And I really do think that every experience I had did help shape who I came home as. And I was ready to start my career. I was ready to get serious maybe with a relationship. Um, I was ready to really start my life, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, and and traveling with Kentucky even led you to your current career. Um, <laughs> So, so can you talk about how some of those, those skills actually that you learned while traveling translated into things you can put on a resume, things that are, are appealing to um, either people in the travel industry or in any industry, quite frankly, um, what are some of those, those things that, that you developed or that people can develop um, through travel that are, that are beneficial to them in their career journey? Absolutely. So over the years, I have worked quite a few career fairs and that kind of thing as part of my job. And yes, I am in the travel industry, but I think it pertains to all jobs. And we have a saying, it's called add travel to your resume. And when we when I'm getting students ask me, you know, what would set me apart from other students maybe in their course if they're in school or if they're thinking of, you know, should I take a gap year or should I go to school first? Honestly, when we look at resumes, if we see that someone has traveled, especially on their own, um, it could be extensively, it could just be, you know, a little bit, it shows right away that they have that confidence that we talked about. They have maybe a bit more out of the box thinking. They were able to get out of their comfort zone, which it doesn't matter what industry you're in, those are things that everyone needs. And even just being able to travel, and if you are meeting people along the way, learning how to I guess, accept people that are different than you, learn from them, and really learn from each other. And that's something that I think in any work environment, you're going to be part of a team in most cases. And everyone's different. Everyone has different opinions. And it's just even being on that Kentucky trip is a perfect example. You know, you're, I'm joining 40 people that I'm going to be traveling with for a month. And we all had to accept each other's differences. And we became a family. And that's really what a strong team in a work environment becomes kind of it's they almost become like a family when they're accepting each other's maybe flaws or helping each other um, supporting each other and I think that in all the people that I met throughout the way I brought those skills back being able to deal with different types of people um, even problem solving oh my goodness like how many problems come up in a year abroad alone you really learn how to figure things out and not rely 100% on other people like you really need to rely on yourself and make sure that you can you can figure these problems out because life is full of obstacles but you can learn from them in most cases 
Yeah, I know in a lot of my hiring, it's something that I look for um, on resumes in every job. And I've worked in the travel industry and I've worked in education and I've worked in camps and I've worked all over the place. But it really is something that um, that can set you apart from from other people. And I know um, in interviews that I've had in all of these different industries, um, they always ask questions. Uh, about those experiences they don't they don't ask me about my bachelor of science they they kind of know what that is they kind of know what goes along with that but when it comes to travel your experience can be um, so life-altering and um, and and those skills that you develop can shape who you are and shape how you show up in the world in such a really really profound uh, way which I think is just a beautiful gift you can give yourself um, is to, to have an experience like that whether it is going halfway around the world or going to another province or moving to a big city, whatever, whatever that looks like, however you can get out there and rely on yourself in a different way and, and get out of your comfort zone. Um, whatever that looks like is going to be just an, a huge gift you can give yourself. I a hundred percent agree. And I, I always think back on that year very fondly. I mean, now I'm married, I, I have a house, I have a cat, no kids, <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm, I'm well into my career and I'm so happy. Like I love where I'm at, but I always look back on that year. It's like, I'm so glad I did that because it was so special. It's something there's no way I could do now. Um, and there's a very small window in everyone's life when they can do something like that. So for anyone that's listening, just go for it, jump in. You will not regret it and you'll come back just so happy that you were able to give, like you said, give that gift to yourself and really, you know, make yourself a little bit, I think better in a way, maybe, you know, more rounded or, or more cultured, whatever it is, depending on where you're going or where you came from. But it's, it's always positive. And I've never talked to someone that said, Oh, I wish I hadn't have taken that year off, you know, before I got into my career. Never. Yeah. If someone's done it, like they were like, that was the best decision. Yeah. And I hear, I hear that phrase over and over again, the best decision I could have made. Um, and I, like, I want to get it printed on a t-shirt or like tattooed on me or something because it, yeah. it's, it's those exact words every time. And um, I think looking backwards, we're so easy. It's so easy to see how much of a right decision it is. But when you're looking forward, that can look really overwhelming and scary. And I think you talked about that in at, when you were talking about that decision, and 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 it is scary to to look at it because when you're in that stage of your life, that is a big shakeup. That is a big decision. Um, there is a price tag that comes with buying a flight. There is the risk of quitting your job or asking for a leave from your job. So you are doing a lot of really challenging things. But same as you, I talk to hundreds, if not thousands of people, and nobody has ever regretted taking time to travel, to explore, um, and to, to grow as a person. It has been 100% of folks have said, nope, best decision ever. Yeah, exactly. And I guess one last thing to add is that I didn't have a ton of money in my bank account when I went. I, I did have a job lined up, so I knew that I would have money coming in right away when I got there. But I think a lot of people think that they need to have like $20,000 in their bank. And I had very little. But I did have a job, so I think you need one or the other. But probably you need some sort of support system or access to, to some sort of money at the start. 
Um, but it all worked out. It definitely worked out. And the, the way that taxes are done in Australia, I actually ended up getting um, a tax return because I wasn't a permanent resident, but I had worked for quite a few months. So that funded my three weeks in Thailand. So it all worked out. Perfect. Found money gives you a trip to Thailand. I, I, want, I want that tax return this year. Exactly. <laughs> so you've taken us on a journey into your past and, and through to your present now where, where you work uh, for Kentucky. Um, and I was hoping that you could just share with the listeners a little bit about what Kentucky is all about and if this resonates with them, maybe where they can get some more information. For sure. So Kentucky is all about connecting young people to the time of their lives through travel um, and bringing especially even solo travelers together. You don't need to be traveling with friends or with your partner, but that's totally fine too. It's a complete mix of people. Like I said, it is only for 18 to 35 year olds and there's trips of all different lengths. So I went on one of the longer ones for my first one, but we have trips for as little as like three or four days, even in some cases. Um, so if you're doing a gap year, let's say it starts in London, in the UK, um, there's little mini trips there. You can jump on a multi-Europe trip, um, which are really popular with people doing gap years. But yeah, they're just, it's a great way to see your gap year destination. It's hassle-free, all the details are taken care of for you, and you can connect with other young travelers. Um, so if anyone wants more details, they can go on the website at kintiki.com, C-O-N-T-I-K-I. And if you want to connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram at Jenny Lee, J-E-N-N-I-L-E-E-1. Perfect. That's great. Um, and uh, I can agree. I did a Kentucky tour myself. Uh, I went to Ireland um, and it was a great way to, to see the country and to get some of the historical aspects. And uh, I partnered that with some, some personal backpacking with a friend of mine. Um, she has her ancestry comes from Ireland and we went to a small town, Galloway, and um, we went and we, we searched all of the um, cemeteries for any anybody that oh, could be related wow. to her so it was a really great adventure I learned how to drive uh, stick shift with the other hand on the <laughs> other side of the road through winding winding fields uh, but we also had that great um, community that came together and we got to uh, experience Ireland in a really really cool way so um, I can also share that that it was a great experience for me on my end um, awesome. so so Jenny, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Um, and I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you for having me. It's been great. I hope that this conversation with Jenny was helpful for you to look past the next couple of years and into a more distant future where you can see how your gap year might pay off in your life. Now the tables are going to turn in a couple of weeks. Uh, Jenny is actually going to be interviewing me on a Contiki podcast. So we'll link to it in the show notes, but would love, love, love if you could join us for that conversation on February 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern, and you can learn a little bit more about taking a gap year and how you can make it happen.